This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Everybody and welcome to Keep Screaming. A wow, I um, was not prepared for this. A, <laughs> it's a podcast. We're a horror podcast. What's our? Oh thing? my goodness! It's a different kind of week, so I didn't prepare like I normally do. Yeah. Um, we're not reviewing a movie this week because we are instead talking about Midsummer Scream. Um, but we are a horror podcast by two best friends, where we normally dissect slasher movies one by one. Uh, instead, this week we will be dissecting our trip to Midsummer Scream, which was in Long Beach, California. Uh, it was last weekend, so as of this point, it was the last weekend of July. Um, it's at the Long Beach Convention Center. It is a it is a horror convention, um, mostly centered around haunts and like the ever growing like kind of haunted attraction scene that has kind of taken um like theme parks and amusement parks by storm in the last couple of years but there's still definitely like a lot of movie uh and just in general like horror apparel and media stuff happening yeah. as I well i think it's trying to play with the idea that you know if you watch hallmark channel right now it's christmas in july and i think it was kind of playing with the idea like let's do halloween and horror in july yep so it really felt like with all of, they called it the Hall of Shadows, but with all like yes, the yeah. mazes and scare um, stuff they had going on and people cosplaying, it really did feel like, oh, damn, this is like October. It feels yeah. like Halloween It felt time. like second Halloween, yeah. which was nice because, I mean, we're getting closer. You're, yeah. If you're a horror fan, you know the memes are starting to pop up that we're yeah. like... hundred, you know, little less than yeah, 100 days away, hop, guys. skipping a jump away from Halloween at this point. Um, but it was B and I's uh, both of our first horror convention. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go because our fa- one of our favorite podcasts, the Shockwaves podcast, was doing a live recording. Um, and it realistically, I mean, we're based out of Sacramento, so it's not very far. It's like, you know, on if no, tra- <laughs> no traffic, it's supposed to be like five and a half hours. But there's always traffic, so it's like seven to eight hours. Um, but still not a bad trip um, either way. And yeah, we kind of just, it was one, you know, luckily it's one of the cheaper ones to do like the whole VIP experience, which they call the gold bat. It was like $92 um, and it gives you early access, which was really nice actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Way worth it. Yeah, super worth it. You get an hour early on the floor, which uh, truly does give you a lot of time to explore the floor before it gets super busy. Um, It also gives you front of the line for any of the uh, attractions or for any of the panels that were happening there. They had a lot of panels. They did have a lot of panels. And a lot of of them were based around like haunts. Universal does a big announcement for one of theirs. Knott's Berry Farms, uh, Six Flags all had stuff for theirs. They also had like a a 25th year anniversary Hocus Pocus retrospective that had McGarris, had David Kirshner. um, Thora Birch was there. Thora Birch um, and the... The composer, I'm for, I always forget his name. Oh, we were just, I was name. just talking yeah, about him. Yeah, B loves him. him. Um, um, we're going to yeah. look it up and get it for you. But he was also there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like I said, the main reason we went was to promote the podcast. Um, I had some friends that were going to be there. Our producer. John Debney. John Debney. He's amazing. Um, our producer, Brennan Klein, was going to be there. Um, all of the Shockwaves crew, who we are definitely like friendly with. Um, and then Ryan Turk was also doing a pop-up for Slashback Video, um, and he is 
pretty much my mentor so we really wanted to go and finally meet him in person and also support him um while we could because we weren't 100 percent sure if we'd be able to make it back down in october um when the new the new event, revenge of slashback video yeah going up at um the missing museum um with bearded uh hosted by bearded lady uh but we're gonna try to make that trip too but yeah so those were all the like the main reasons that we went down and it was amazing I can't even tell you guys how much I encourage you to go to something like this if you can. There's um, any, even if it's a smaller con, mm-hmm. um, any convention, any gathering where you're going to be around like-minded people. Mm-hmm. It sounds so silly when you think about it, but I we got there and just to really be surrounded by things we're interested in and to meet people who are like, yeah, let's sit around and talk about freaking the importance of this one scene in Jaws for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. you do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously, you know, care enough about movies and slashers that you want to hear them, like, the deep dive into them and not just on a surface, like, yeah, that was good or that was bad. Uh, getting to be around other people in person and be super passionate about film and, and talk it out is such an incredible experience. And it's... I don't know. It just, we were walking around for various reasons, but even just the basic conversations we were having with people about the industry and about film and about, I don't know, horror in general Mm -hmm. just left us with like a buzzy little high feeling afterwards. Like, oh man, that was such a, like, that was great. And, you know, we get to talk to each other all the time. Right. Uh, So it was nice to talk to other people and have, you know, that other kind of communication with people who are as passionate as we are. That's what I was, I was telling via text last night, and I was like, it reignited my spark for, like, I never lose my love of horror, but it definitely, like, sometimes the, the flame gets dimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing something like this totally reminded me of why I love the genre so much. And, like, today I had the day off. I watched six horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's just what I spent the day doing because I was like, oh, I want to consume this. Um, and it's crazy, too, the people we, we ran into... Like in our in our group of friends, like me and B and and my friend, like our mutual friend Jeremy, Jeremy. are yeah. like the movie people. Like mm-hmm. we're the ones that people are like, oh, they know everything about movies. Holy crap, we know nothing. about Oh movies. my god, it's embarrassing. Yeah, the amount we don't know about <laughs> yeah. movies compared to the friends we made this weekend and the people that we talked to. I was like, oh, now I understand why you're here and like why you're involved as much as you are. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the kick. So, like I said, we met off, or we met with our producer, Brandon Klein, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, just such a fantastic, lovely person. And, like, just, we didn't want to impose. And we were, like, so afraid of, like, oh, we're going to meet him and what's going to happen. He's like, do you, do you guys want to, like, hang out? We're like, yes. So we hung out with him the whole weekend. Um, I mean, he literally took us to Falafel Place. It, it was, was super good. Yeah, it was, it was super nice. Good. He's from Long Beach, and so it was nice mm-hmm. having like a little bit of an insider because, like, you guys want to get dinner? I'll drive you someplace. It's yes. a little farther away. We're like, that's fine. I'm okay with not eating fourteen dollar flatbread pizza at this convention center. <laughs> yeah, that or tastes the, like four days or old. Or the four different restaurants that are at the outlets across the street that are packed full of mid summer yeah, screen people. Convention people. Um, yeah. So meeting him was fantastic, yeah, and then we um, and. We also happened to meet um, Aaron Dries, who is a horror author. Please go buy his stuff, AaronDries.com. You can find it on Amazon. Um, 
the Kindle stuff is definitely a little cheaper, but if you can, support him in any way possible because he's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But these two gentlemen, we spent the entire weekend with pretty much, and their (laughs) knowledge (laughs) of the horror genre and of film in general is so, like, crazy. I mean, it didn't, like... It just made me want to watch more because I was yeah. like, oh, I want to keep up with you. Yeah. And, like, we definitely could on certain things. <laughs> yeah. I had to, like, I shifted it to, like, a remake conversation at one point. I'm like, yeah, I could do this. And then I'm like, hey, let's talk about you guys. I had a very embarrassing moment, and we'll get to the further details of that. But I definitely just flat out told Mick Garris, I love TV <laughs> because... I do love TV, and I somehow feel the need to justify my uh, holes in in movies by saying, if you want to talk about a canceled TV show from 2004, I've probably seen it, so but let's you know talk about that. But you know what's crazy is, like, Brandon and Aaron both love movies, and then they're like, oh, you saw what Burning Palms? Hidden Palms? Hidden Palms? Oh, oh, you both know about yeah. it? Cool. I thought, oh, so you know about all of the movies I yeah. don't know about and Hidden Palms? God damn it. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, their defense is Kevin Williamson. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, it's genre-related. Yeah, we do all have a mutual love for Kevin Williamson. Uh, but I can't tell you enough how much I want you guys to go support them. Yes. Uh, because Brennan, you can hear. Um, he has a podcast with his boyfriend, Sergio, who is it's called Scream 101. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hosted by podpeople.me. And I really like it. Um I definitely only listen to the episode. It's just like this. Um, they dive into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, definitely watch it before. But I just finished their Idle Hands episode. And it seriously, like, was cracking up the whole time. They just obviously, because they're a couple, have a great dynamic. But Sergio's not a big genre fan. And so they tend to pick um, tamer movies to cover. Things that Sergio will agree to talk about. But, I mean, Brennan's just an insane, like, breadth of knowledge. And yes. so quick. And... Mm. He says so many things I know that he's referencing that I just don't get, like even in the podcast. Yeah. But it's great. Um, it's a super fun dynamic and always like very lighthearted and fun. And you should definitely like subscribe to it. Yeah. And then Aaron, like we said, is a horror novelist and you can find all of his work um, online and yeah. follow him. He mostly does like most of his stuff through Twitter. So it's at Aaron Dries, um, D-R-I-E-S. And... I'll tell you right now. So Slashback Video is this uh, amazing thing that Ryan Turek has put together with a group of people that look. It makes he, it looks like an old video store. Um, I mean, I'm talking it has the posters, employee picks, it has the front counter with the candy and the trading cards. It has, um, a, you know, a box TV playing old school VHS tapes. Luckily, it had a bar, which was great. Yeah. Um, and it's just racks and racks and racks of videotapes that he has procured through his his life, through friends that were um, have helped him and like donated, not donated, but like have um, you know let him use them for for slashback video. There's a whole rack which was super cool of like made up movies that people made up that would be like interesting or like um, they had uh, Camp Bloodbath from um, the Final Girls. Yeah, so the movie within that movie, they made like a whole VHS cover, and for. they had like a VHS cover tape for It Follows. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing stuff. And Ryan Trick is just him and his uh, fiance um, Ciara are just the sweetest, most genuine people you'll ever yeah. meet in your entire life. Just like take time. You can tell they're busy as hell, and they just take time out of their day to talk to you about Star Trek or haunted like haunt attractions or just whatever um they're just fantastic people and 
coming back around on Slashback, you'll never realize how little you know about movies until you're going through the rows at Slashback Video with Aaron and Brennan, and they've seen all oh those God. movies. And you're looking, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, oh, you haven't seen that? It's directed by so-and-so. Yeah, and, and like, they just blah, have blah, blah. this knowledge right off the top of their head. This is, we probably shouldn't be, like, boasting right now about, like, how bad we are, because people aren't going to want to listen to us. No, we're pretty that's good. What, I mean, like, no, that's I'd what say, this podcast is, yeah. truly, for us, too. It's like... There is mm-hmm. a lot of things that Ryan and I do like feel very confident and have a lot of knowledge of, and we ha- do have a you know wide array of you know movies we've seen and TVs we've seen and things that we've consumed. But oh god, I mean, of course we're gonna have a ton of gaps, and I think because both of us are also really into music and mm-hmm. Ryan's super into comics, and we both read a ton, and mm-hmm. I'm obviously very into design, and so. You know, we've got to share those passions a little bit. Yep. Um, and I think we both go through phases. Like Ryan was saying, you watched six horror movies today. Yeah. Um, I've watched like four since we got back, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there's like uh, little waves that we'll go through. We're consuming more than we are here and there. And that's what this podcast is so great for us, too, is because it gives us a chance to dissect things we love and know, like the back of our hand. And then it also gives us a chance to, like, cover our blind spots and pick up on films that we've never even heard of and go, like, holy shit, we said we love slashers and we'd never seen this? God, I'm so glad that we've seen this. And not just have seen it, but took the time to really dissect it and go into it and find out who made it and why it's like this and i I will say too i think the one thing even after talking to you everyone um that i noticed is you and i stay more current yeah than everyone else Uh um like their knowledge of the back catalog from like 60s to 80s is astounding it's it's you'll never find any elric from the shockwaves podcast and becca and ryan and brennan and aaron and all these people you'll never find anyone who knows like as much about horror movies from like the 60s to you know the early 90s but when we bring up newer stuff there was a lot of stuff they hadn't seen and so i do think that is one thing where you and i are catching up on back catalog while staying current Mm -hmm. which is staying current keeps us away from the back catalog sometimes um so always and i mean i think it's because of when we got into horror too we consumed everything that Mm -hmm. was out everything like around us and that's what we really know yeah um, so we did get to go to the Shockwaves podcast live. That was one of the big things we really wanted to make sure we did. We're huge fans. Um, uh, Becca and Elric were there. They were manning the Shockwaves booth for part of the day. Um, so after we went and got lunch, we went and got in line. We were the first ones in line with Brennan, um, and we waited uh, like 40 minutes. Um, and then Rebecca McKendry showed up. She's one of the hosts, and she hung out with us for a little bit. We met the, who was doing the sound. She's the one who introduced us to Aaron. Yes, so yeah. Aaron walked up, and she's like, oh, do you guys know Aaron? And then Aaron's like, hey, can I hang out with you guys all day? And we're like, yes, and now he's, like, one of our favorite people in the entire world. Um, and we were also waiting with the Geeks Who Eat, who we'll talk about, too. Um, but that is Sarah and Matthew Stubbs, um, who, like I said, we'll, we will get to that. They are one, um, one of the couples that we interviewed this weekend. Um, so we're all waiting, and... We get into Shockwaves, so I don't know if you... We've talked about it a couple times on the show, but I am the uh, admin, and, like, I created the Shockwaves Horror Movie Club on Facebook, which was two years ago now, I... There are all these movies that they were talking about, and I was like, fuck, I love these movies, I want to talk about them, and other than B, who was extremely busy at the time because she was in school, and my friend Jeremy, um, I had no one to talk to them about. So I was like, I need to find some like-minded people to talk to about these movies. So I created this group. When it started, there were like eight people. 
They mentioned it on the show randomly at some point, and now it's six thousand plus. Um, so I've <laughs> I've had the uh, I've had the advantage and the luck to get to sort of know these people through the internet, and then to actually meet them this weekend. Um, and we're sitting there waiting for the show to start, and we're just talking. It's we're. I don't even know. Waiting for Tom Holland. Yeah, waiting to show for Tom up, Holland. So to show being up. a little like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, we well, know Tom Holland's gonna be there in the like, room with us. This is so cool. And Brennan's like, oh, Ryan, they might call your name out and like have you stand up. I'm like, oh my god, that'd be so exciting. And then Becca's like, where's Larson? And she's walking around. I'm like, I'm right here. And she's like, Turk can't make it. Do you want to host? And I'm like, the f- <laughs> um, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, do you want to host? And I'm like, like, do you want me to come up and like talk a little? And she's like, no, come. You're gonna like come up there. And I was like, I was just like. He, dumbfounded no he couldn't even speak and we told her yes she's she left and everybody's like getting up like ready for the podcast trying to get set up and she comes back and she's like what are you doing like you're fine and i'm like he's doing it like he just couldn't even talk he just, I was like, just so i mean i knew so dave parker was also there who directed the sweet tooth segment in tales of halloween and then also the hills run red which is a fantastic little like slasher that we'll cover one day um, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out because I love the story of that film. Um, but Tom Holland, who is, if you guys don't know, Tom Holland is the director of Fright Night, which is one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's one of the best horror movies to come out of the 80s. Um, director and writer. Yeah, director and writer. He directed the first Child's Play. Um, he directed Thinner. Uh, he wrote for a long time before he was on any of those. He wrote uh, Class of 1984, Psycho 2, Scream for Help, Cloak and Dagger. He is a very reputable name in the horror industry. And he is... I mean, he created Chucky. I pr- mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Him and Don Mancini, yeah. um, like, together. Because Don Mancini's a writer, and he's wrote all of them. But, um, like, those two together crafted what we know as Child's Play mm-hmm. and the Chucky franchise. So Tom Holland comes in, and they all sit down, and there's one empty chair next to Tom Holland. I'm like, I'm going to sit next to fucking Tom Holland. And they called me up. And, uh, yeah, Tom Holland, like, they only had four mics for five people, and Tom Holland looks at me, and he goes, if you ever need the mic, just take it from me. I was like, I'm not taking anything from you. You're Tom Holland. Um, I did all right. I managed to speak up sometimes. Um, I was pretty starstruck. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, being on being on stage, like, you know, it wasn't a huge group. I can't, I don't know how people do stuff like that live. It wasn't even a huge group, probably 100 so 100 plus. Yeah, it's hard to gauge because it was a really big room, but not a lot of chairs, but it was full. Mm-hmm. Like, all the chairs were full. Um, um, well, also, in your defense, too, I, like, turned to Brennan and I was like, it'd be one thing to get up in that situation and feel confident. They literally had type. They knew their topic. They were talking about vampires. So they had, like, written down. The oh, yeah. They, have, they, they all had to. lists that they, they wanted to talk prepped. about. They were yeah. done. They always joke on the show, like, oh, did you do your homework? Because, you know, they prepped their topic beforehand. Uh, Ryan just had to get up there and, like, oh, yeah, we're talking about what we think are, like, the best vampire movies. Important vampire yeah. movies. And Ryan's like, not only does he have to try and think on the spot, like, fuck, what are vampire movies I've seen? I know as soon as they said that, in, I'm sitting, I'm not up there. I'm sitting down in the chair going, like, have I seen a vampire movie? Only thing I could think of was fucking Twilight and not even lying to you. Oh, uh, I really wanted to jokingly say Twilight, um, but I, I didn't. Yeah. Um, no, it's a lot of pressure because you yeah. don't know the topic. So it's one thing to get put on the spot 
and then but be a little bit prepared and have to sit next to people you idolize and and it's another thing to be like here last minute we're throwing you up here um here's a you're gonna share a mic with tom holland and oh we're talking about vampire movies list off some vampire movies you think are great and they can't be ones we've already talked about or realistically we shouldn't say fright night because yeah. of course we all fucking know it's fright night yeah. which is the first one if someone were to ask me and then of course ryan turk popped in for like a second and he took the one i was going to say which is bram stoker's dracula and i was like damn it turek because that's definitely one of my favorite yeah. vampire movies excellent um Yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of the kickoff to what ended up being an amazing weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. After that, it was just really cool. We got to hang out with super, like, just really amazing people. We kind of just buddied up with Aaron and Brennan and spent the entire weekend with them, um, popping in with, uh, again, the Geeks Who Eat, we'd pop in with them. And then um, through Aaron, who is, like, the most charismatic, like, genuine person you'll ever meet in your entire life, um, we met fucking Mick Garris. If you, guys, nice. if you don't know who Mick oh. Garris is, he wrote Hocus Pocus. Oh. He has directed, like, pretty much every, like, Stephen King TV adaptation yeah. ever made. Um, he is a master of horror. I mean, he's he literally really in is. the Masters of Horror. Yeah. Um, he is the nicest dude. Oh, my God. He is just so friendly and, like, had a, like, the coolest thing about this convention was we, we got to, we got the opportunity to have these conversations with these people that weren't forced and they weren't, like, I'm paying $50 to meet you and we're going to talk real – like they were very candid, very genuine conversations. And it was amazing to just be bullshitting with Mick Garris about Stephen King and TV. Like it was was the most uh, like spectacular thing. And and, I mean meeting Mick Garris and Tom Holland and then also just the amount of time that the Shockwaves host took to spend with us, Mm -hmm. uh, Elric and – Becca specifically, Rob couldn't attend, unfortunately, and Ryan was really busy running Flashback, um, although he was very generous with his time as well. But Becca and Elric just spent so much time talking to us about everything from from the Final Destination franchise yeah. to the movie Wish Upon to, uh, like, Elric's trip to Sacramento. So just, like, real, yeah. genuine conversations. And it was so just one of those things that, like, again reminds me, I'm like, I love this genre because, mm-hmm. like, no matter – like, it's so funny because horror gets such a weird stigma still in 2018. That you're and they're like just freak like, if you like horror. And, you know, there's some stuff I don't understand. <laughs> we saw some of that this We weekend. saw some booths that were about, like, naked ladies and corpses and, like, serial killers that I don't quite understand um, to each their own. But just such warm, genuine people. Um, and just, like, it, like B said – when you find someone who's passionate about something that like that you're truly passionate about, being able to talk to them about it and reminding yourself like, yes, this person is a producer and a writer and a director and a podcast host and, a, and all these things, but at their core, they're a horror fan. Yeah. And they want to talk about horror with people. Like yeah. that's what they love they're to fans. do. Um, and it was just such, such a cool reminder, uh, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's just so much. It's... It also felt, I think we were going into this weekend knowing that we have sort of these kind of, like, we'll chat lightly with, like, the Shockwaves podcast hosts. I think all of us, you know, we have them on social media, and we'll have these, like, little communications back and forth. And in our world, it's always, like, funny when I think we describe it to our significant others or mm. when we talk about it, it's like well they're not famous but in our world they are right in you have to like remind people you're like no yeah. no but in our world they're famous they're like really big and these are important people and very credible people i mean becca is 
one of the reasons why I have the confidence to do this show. I mean, she has her fucking doctorate. And yeah, she's a doctor. She's a doctor. She's extremely knowledgeable. She has her doctorate in film studies. Like, she knows what she's talking about. She's a big deal. She's a very educated, also talented director. Um, so, not saying I have any of that, but her being a woman in the genre and somebody who's sort of been on the press side of things and the journalism side of things and the podcast side where she's, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, she made a few comments when we were talking about her or talking to her. She's, she has a, and she's mentioned on the Shockwaves podcast before. She has a collection of like promotional nail polish from the movie Wish Upon. And she's like, I don't understand why they sent this out as a promo, but you know, it's just nail polish that says wish upon on it. And she's like, in my off, in the office, I'm like the only woman. And she works in the, I mean, she works in various offices, but one of them, she oversees all the podcasts at Blumhouse. Yeah. Like busy woman. Yes. Uh, She's like, in that office, she's the only woman. She's like, I have nobody to give them to. I'm like, hey, mail them to me. I'll wear wish upon nail polish. Hell yeah. It's a nice color too. So it's really nice to sort of have that person to look up to in the genre for Mm -hmm. me as well, especially as somebody who's like in the behind the scenes and that's always where I've kind of wanted to be, um, was just incredible and she's just the nicest person. And Brian and I talked about it a lot, but I, I will forever stay true to the sentiment that we crave Ryan and I, and I think every person we talk to, uh, we found that we have this common theme that we love horror and we love immersing ourselves in the art of these films and being scared by them and being affected by them because we don't like that in the real world. Yep. Uh, we're not violent people. Um, if anything, we're like the complete opposite of that. Um, we try and like treat others well. Like I, make it a big effort in my day-to-day to to just be, like, friendly, even to strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that's really important to me, and I try my best to be, like, a good person. Um, And I get all of my anything out that could be seen as aggressive or by watching horror movies. It's like I expose myself to horror films, and then I don't have to have it in my real life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can avoid it at all costs. And I think that's a really common theme, and so it didn't – it didn't really surprise me when we met all of these people because um, I haven't really... I went to a film summer school when I was in high school and it was an amazing experience. I met a lot of really wonderful people. But I was young at the time. I was 15, almost 16. And when I... I was a laughing stock for saying that my favorite genre is horror. Um, they would like make jokes. And I mean, I also am like a big fan of like Disney and stuff like that. And so they'd make jokes that I was going to direct like high school musical six or like I was going to direct like the next horror sequel um and that like took a really big hit on my ego because I was like god like why am I not like artsy enough am I Mm -hmm. you know it's always sort of been like oh wow it's not real art because it's horror and you know what the horror community is just the nicest Mm -hmm. And some of the most talented. I just rewatched Jaws. Don't fucking oh, tell yeah. me that horror is not incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> and like you, it, like even if you want to go for it, like I think of sometimes like I think any film fan, if you were to go out there and watch Suspiria and see what Argento does with colors and with like cinematography, like that it's art. And like 
Yeah, it definitely exists. And I, you know, another thing, like you said, I mean, I manage, I oversee a group of over 6,000 people. And like, sure, every once in a while we have some asshole causes some trouble in the group. But for the most part, it's thousands of people just having a good time talking about horror and being civil and caring about people, mm -hmm. like genuinely like reaching out to people. That's how I started my website. I mean, it was like six like-minded people I found who were like very caring genuine people um passionate people and we decided to launch our own website so yeah it's definitely it's just such a cool genre man and like i like like i said i can't encourage you enough if you get the opportunity to do something like this um and it was just really cool tons of awesome merch um like we got stuff from mr museum uh bat in the belfry uh just like everything possible was there um if black craft cult was there if you guys are a fan of that um, the Hall of Shadows, we did a trick-or-treat maze, which was tiny but cool. Donnie Darko one that had a really awesome, like, Frank costume. It, it was just a really all-encompassing, like, really awesome thing. Um, while we were there, though, we did do some work, which is going to be the second half of the podcast today. Um, we interviewed uh, a couple different people and asked them what their favorite slashers were. So we interviewed, uh, let's see, we interviewed Brennan and Aaron, who we've talked about a lot already. We also interviewed the Geeks Who Eat, and that's Sarah and Matthew Stubbs. Uh, they, if you guys haven't, go to twogeekswhoeat.com. They have the coolest recipes. Yeah, that that's you can, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, they the work that they put into this stuff is amazing. The, the ideas they come up with, they do everything themselves. It's the, all the concepts, all the pictures, like, Everything they do, they do themselves, and it's most, like, they love horror. I mean, they were at a horror convention, so a lot of it is horror-themed. But what's cool is, like, they branch out into all areas of pop yeah. culture. Like, their most recent one is Butterbeer Pretzel Wands, a Harry Potter-inspired recipe. Um, so they do, like, a whole blog post about it. They post these beautiful, like, high-quality uh, photos of the food that they make, which always looks insanely delicious yeah. and professional and then they give you the recipe so that you can make it yourself um and this is all just available on their website yep. uh two geeks to eat so it's super fun and if you're hosting like a party like they have a mega shrimp cocktail a recipe yes. inspired by the meg that looks awesome um so a lot of it is like finger and party food because that's yeah. what they want they encourage you to do like theme parties which so is so make cool. this when you're you know watching the movie or having people over and i'm like yeah you guys gotta like come they're telling us about like their home bar and i'm like you guys need to like make the trip they live in arizona yeah they live so, in arizona it's like you could come up to sack you could host bar for a halloween party and make all these awesome drinks that'd be cool reach like, out to them they're super personal yeah. they have vegan recipes they have vegetarian recipes yeah. if that's your jam i mean and you know they do super big blockbustery stuff like the Meg, but they also have sleepaway camp and reanimator recipes like uh, they did stuff for Joe Bob uh, Briggs thing on Shutter. They're super cool. They're so we interviewed both of them as well, um, and then we also interviewed uh, Danny Paws, who helps run Bat in Your Belfry, and also Rest in Paws, which is um, just horror like memorabilia. And they do a lot of really awesome pins. Um, I mentioned it in the interview, but my favorite pin that Danny does is uh, <laughs> it's a Freddie Mercury dressed in Freddy Krueger, uh, and it says Killer Queen. It's fantastic um but definitely check them out too so that's we did these interviews live on the floor because we wanted it to be as authentic and real as possible we were going to do a standard episode this week but we were like you know what fuck it we're going to be there let's take advantage of this opportunity um i didn't have my lapel mic like the right thunder cord to usb so it's on my phone and the convention sold out both days so it might be a little loud i'm going to tinker with the quality make sure it's as listenable as possible for you guys 
Um, but we did manage to sit down in mostly isolated areas, like pretty isolated, at least off the floor for the most part, and get to ask these like wonderful people um, who are all you know just as passionate as we are and do like it was just so cool to to like have the geek suite who create recipes and have danny who makes like pins and memorabilia and have aaron who writes books and have brendan who produces podcasts like different avenues of of like their love for horror and be able to ask them and they all have a favorite slasher mm-hmm. which is another one of my favorite things about horror is like i love being able to go up to a horror fan and being like what's your favorite this subgenre of horror and everyone has that favorite um and they all knew like we didn't give them a whole lot of prep. It was like, okay, you have like five minutes. Figure out what your favorite slasher is. Well, Brennan had like a couple days, and he came up with six, of course, because he's an overachiever. He made a list and everything. Actually, he came up with five, and then we're like, okay, we're going to run the floor, and we'll be back to interview. And by the time we came back, he's like, I added a six. Yeah, we were going by like, okay. we were going off like 20 minutes. Um, so that's what is going to follow up here. We'll have like some little music in between. Um, and then next, the next episode, we have decided in um, – in homage to Tom Holland, we're going to do Child's Play, which we'll post online as well. So if you guys want to follow along with that, you can. So uh, if it's been a while since you've seen it, watch it. Um, get ready. This is our first big slasher. Uh, yeah. So be anything else to add before we go into the interviews? Um, no. Okay. Well, then we're <laughs> going to go into the interviews and um, follow us online. Um, we're at yeah. Screaming Cast. Yeah, I've got some behind-the-scenes stuff. I, uh, If you follow us on Instagram, at Screaming Cast, you will see that I have a highlighted story. It's all of our behind-the-scenes, why we were at Midsummer Scream. So if you didn't get to catch it, why we were there. Um, it's all saved below. Um, just some fun selfies and videos and just a little bit about our weekend. Um, I will be. I did take uh, videos of these interviews, and so I'll be posting. Once the episode goes up, I'll be posting these videos and a little bit more tidbits from that. So it's fun too, a little bit more, makes us a little bit more active on social media with mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just yeah. the two of us. And we are planning on going to Halloween Horror Nights in October for we Universal. Are. So that'll be exciting too. Oh, and then I do have to mention, I can't believe I almost forgot oh, yes. okay. why we were um, waiting for the Shockwaves podcast and uh, to the live taping to start. And Ryan was like in his haze of, holy shit, I have to go up there and sit with Tom Holland. A lovely listener came up to me. I believe his name was Tino, and he came up and said, Hey, I love your podcast. Um, I really like the design side. And then Ryan popped up, and I introduced Ryan, and I gave him a couple stickers. And then, unfortunately, the show started, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him anymore. If you're listening, it meant the world to us. Dude, it meant so much. Like, so much that you came up. I wish we could have got a picture with you. Um, Please reach out to us for social media. Yeah, we'd Uh, love to send you some more mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So we'll mail you some stickers and some buttons. And um, we don't know if you were in in town for the con, if you're in the area, but we'd love to meet up when we uh, go down for Halloween Horror Nights in October. So hit us up. Um, That was awesome. So it meant a lot to us. We love that you guys are enjoying the podcast. Yeah, and just all of you, feel free to reach out to us because it's such a pleasure to... I loved we missed this week's episode and we had like three people and like so no episode. I'm like, oh, you guys, you care. <laughs> you missed us. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, so definitely reach out to us. Um, like I said, at Screaming Cast on um, all social media. I'm at Ryan Larson on Twitter and B is at B not B. That's B E E not B E A. And we have our interviews for the favorite slashers from um, our number of interviewees. And we'll be back in two weeks, less than two weeks now, with Child's Play. Bye bye.
Hello, Screamers. This is Ryan. I am back on the floor at Midsummer Scream uh, live, and B is over in another chair taking pictures of me. Um, but we are here with one of our newfound, amazing, super awesome, spectacular friends, Aaron Dries. Uh, he is uh, an Australian author, and you can um, House of Size, Fallen Boys. Um, I, I will at the end of this. I will ask for him to let us know where we can find all of his work. But we are here to ask him the question that we are asking everyone. And uh, Aaron, what is your favorite slasher movie or or slasher movies? Okay, I'm definitely going to go with the plural on this one. Um, well. One that springs to mind, a little bit controversial to say, but one of my favourite slashes is Jaws 2. Um, if there is anything that is a bit of a prototype for the slasher, it is Jaws 2. It is literally <laughs> girls in distress on boats, scantily clad, uh, being chased by this absolutely unstoppable murdering machine that is picking them off one by one, uh, that has to be defeated by some 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 huge force, which is, of course, is Chief, Chief Brody, who is absolutely the, the ultimate final girl. Uh, and, uh, and so that one jumps to mind. Another one... Hey, I'm just going to go there. One of my favourite movies is Scream. I yes. think Scream is Thank great. Yeah. Kevin Williamson for the, for the win. Um, another one that I really, really love and was absolutely a foundation for me was uh, Friday the 13th Part 3. Uh, such a great movie. It's it's incredibly camp. I love the idea. I love movies in which you have entire uh, detours in the plot around bikies yes. and they're for, <laughs> yeah. for no good reason. And also, I love the remainder of, uh, you know, transitions from 3D to 2D leftovers, like completely ridiculous shots of like people doing yo-yos at the camera or here's a severed eye or punching a window. So those ones jump to mind. Um, I think 3D yeah. is part, the fact that it was in 3D is what makes that film more charming. Oh, and it really absolutely. should be. Yeah. And why, like when I think, because we're not massive writing fans, but when I think of the series, like 3D does pop out at me is when I always have a ton of fun with yep. because of the bike. Yeah, absolutely. The yo-yo thing is so funny because that is something you randomly think yeah. about. Like, why yeah. was that utilized? Yeah, absolutely. I, it, why for not? No, yeah, why not is the correct thing. Another one that jumps to mind is what is the one with the whistle? Um, just after... Just before dawn. Thank you, uh, that was Brandon, with the assist there. Thank you, yeah. Brandon. I think that movie has an incredibly unsettling quality, uh, kind of a matter-of-fact slashiness to it that is just really quite icky feeling. Um, what about you guys? What, what do you love? Oh wow! Throwing it back at yeah. us. Oh okay. Um, I mean, anyone who listens obviously knows, but uh, my favorite. Uh, my favorite slasher movie of all time is, is definitely Scream. I have Ghostface tattooed on my calf. Um, Halloween is a, is a giant staple for me. Um, I've really, really started to fully embrace my love for the Town of the Dreaded Sundown reboot, remake, meta, sequel. Um, so that, that one's climbing the ranks very, very quickly. Um, and then just doing the podcast has really made me fall in love with a lot of stuff. Like Intruder has been one of the ones that always comes to mind. Curtains, weirdly. Uh, B and I both love. Cur- yeah. Curtains is so great. That that ice skating sequence is wow. ridiculous. That whole sequence is so great. So I, that like was... movies like that and The Burning where you think of like the raft scene. You yeah. think of the ice skating scene. And it's just like... They get embedded in your brain. You can't help but go like, oh, my God, but that scene is so good. And maybe the movie as a whole is, like, a little weird. It doesn't work as well as a slasher. But when you have such, like, pivotal scenes that 
stay with you. Yeah, and, and just and like how is this not like? And you get to one see you get to see George from Seinfeld with hair. I know. It's so and he's and he's a little bit sexy. He's, he's <laughs> oh God! I think you're the only person uh, to ever describe great. him. Yeah, that's that a way. bold horror statement yeah, right horror. there. All right, he had a, he had a moment, but it was a great moment. <laughs> and if we can only all just be thought of in such a way. Right. <laughs> like, but in the burning, you are a little bit sexy. Like, I need you to meet him and like just go up to him for like some signing for Seinfeld and be like, in the burning, you are just a little bit sexy. See. That is my life goal. Yes. It's just, and that, and for, for Ryan, for you to take off your pants to show me your scream tattoo. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Just show him that. Uh, look, uh, yeah, look, I, lo- I love slashes, uh, and I'm sure there's many that I've forgotten. If you want to see, like, a really old prototype for the slasher that, uh, it's not very good, but it's quite charming. It's called The Psychopath, which was uh, released in, like, 1962, maybe. It's just got a Blu-ray release, and it's from, it's written by Robert Block, and he wrote Psycho, and it's basically... <laughs> him self-plagiarizing it's literally called the psychopath uh but it's a really weird uh slasher in about a a a certain somebody who is tracking down a certain bunch of people and leaving dolls at the crime sequences but it's it's full-on slasher with a great little twist a really charming odd little movie um and yeah i just picked up the blu-ray whilst i was here in town it was great uh thank you so much aaron and now you need to tell everyone where they can find your work well, look, I always think, just just hit me up on Instagram or on Twitter, but do you know what? Uh, just go to Amazon and Google my name. Uh, I've got a website, aarondries.com, and yeah, I've written a few books. I've got House of Size, which is about a crazy bus driver who takes her passengers home to be her new family, and about uh, and then and I've got the Fallen, the Fallen Boys, which has done really, really well, uh, and that's about a dad who, after the death of his son, finds a U, like a little USB port in the back of a teddy bear that leads to a digital footprint that he traces to a basement on the other side of the planet, and what a terrible idea that was and a book I co-authored with an author named Mark Allen Gunnels called Where the Dead Go to Die which is a uh, a hospice no, uh, where people who have been infected with the zombie virus are euthanized humanely and the turf warfare between the nurses and the pro for life people outside so yeah look that's my stuff oh, wow. check it out or not if not just keep watching sl- slashes enjoy um, it's great fun here today and thanks for having me of course and uh, definitely do the thing where you check it out not the not check it out thing <laughs> Hey Screamers, this is Ryan. I'm back on the floor of Midsummer Scream. Uh, we're doing our live episode, and B is, of course, still with me. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and we are here with uh, Brendan Klein, who is our producer, and he also um, runs all of uh, Pod People, which you can find all of the podcasts there at podpeople.me. Um, he also is part of the Blumhouse team. The I don't, he's he's everywhere. He's if you're if you're involved in horror, you probably have seen his name. He's he's he somehow manages to pop up wherever you go. Um, but. Brendan might be the most slasher-oriented uh, person I've ever met in my life. He's Thank our you. authority. Yes, absolutely. Um, he loves to tell us what ones we absolutely need to watch and then also which ones we absolutely need to watch but not really because they're not good. But there is one scene or some crazy thing that happens that we should know about. Uh, there's always how, one scene. Yeah. yeah, there's always one scene. Or so, how he disagrees with our ranking system. Yes. Not necessarily. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get what you're doing with it. 
Um, especially like you do have to explain the April Fool's Day one every time because there there are movies on that list that is that are much worse than April Fool's Day. Oh, but it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. As a when you're approaching it as a like how is this as a slasher, uh-huh. I totally get it. Yeah. Yes. That's what's hard. Yeah, yeah. and that's I feel like we're I have doing, to do that every time we do the, the list. Lord's work, you guys. Yeah, I feel it's like very important. Uh, <laughs> one day someone will print it somewhere and it will mean something. Um, yeah, so we are here to ask him what his favorite slasher is, and uh, he may have to actually go do official business in the middle of the interview, so if he goes away, B and I will take up the mic, but if not, um, he's going to tell us what his favorite slasher is. We asked for one, and of course he came prepared with five. I actually added a sixth while I was waiting oh. for you guys to come back. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so I was, trying to, I was trying to think about it, and I was like, I don't, like, because I have this reputation that you've already said about, like, knowing slasher movies, and I was like... I don't want to just sit there and say Nightmare on Elm Street, which is probably the right answer, or a scream, or whatever. Yeah, right. So I limited myself to the '80s, okay, and to movies that like you do, and to movies that don't really have franchises. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Wow. So he I mean, sets his own rules, guys. Yeah. So my first one does have a remake, but it's The House on Sorority Row. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I actually got to interview the director on my podcast. He's super nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a it's a really solid slasher. It's very Hitchcockian. Um, there's a lot of uh, actual directing going on. There's a lot of great <laughs> images. And um, the kills are fine. Um, kills are fine. But I think a lot of the best slashers have more to do with the story. And yep. it, it's about the suspense element. lots of characters and, in that one, too. Yeah, the girls are great. Yeah. Um, and the band that plays at the party is Four Out of Five Doctors, which is one of the best uh, like obscure new wave bands you're going to hear. Um, anyway... Number two is Night School, which I just love from 1981. I just watched it for the first time. I loved it. Isn't it great? It was so great. Like, first of all, it was written by a woman. Um, And it's got this really ethereal, beautiful Boston gaslight setting. All the characters are. Does this count as urban horror? Do I like an urban horror film? It doesn't. It, yeah. it, it feels, it's more urban it's than college-y. I normally like. No, uh, it is very college. Yeah, sure. it's very college. Yeah, although the college as an element uh, isn't super what you think of as college. No. Um, there's a lot of really weird scenes in this movie. <laughs> um, but there's a lot that play on your knowledge of other horror films. Uh, like, especially there's a scene where they discover the waitress's head. Yeah. That is one of the most suspenseful about. body discovery sequences you'll ever get. That one's great. Number three is totally bananas. It's called Killer Party from 1986. Um, it the opening, I don't even want to spoil any of it. It's just totally nuts. Um, but the opening is great. The closing is great. In the middle, there are almost no kills, but the characters are so wacky that it kind of turns into like an Animal House esque comedy in the middle. And then it suddenly remembers that it's a slasher film, so a slasher <laughs> villain kind of comes in the last 20 minutes and murders the hell out of everyone. Yes. And it, it's nuts. Uh, number four, Stage Fright Aquarius. It's an Italian film. Like, they, this was kind of after the Giallo movement, it kind of slowed down, but it's still Italians making a slasher film. Yeah. Like, kind of an American style one, but it's beautiful. And you've probably seen images from it. It's the one with the killer oh, with yeah, the, the owl the, head. The big owl head, yeah. And wasn't it directed by, like, the AD from Argento? Uh, yeah, he's worked with him a lot. Michele Soavi. Yeah. Um, he did Cemetery Man, too. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. Um, number five, I'm going to go with Visiting Hours. Um, it's a 1982 hospital slasher from Canada. Um, 
It co-stars uh, William Shatner for a couple minutes. What? Um, and the killer is Michael Ironside. What? Um, yeah. Like young it's, Michael Ironside? Yeah. Well, younger. Oh, well, he's, he's been middle forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really nuts and really brutal. But um, it's I it actually yes, it really freaks me out. And it's one of the only slasher movies I've seen where misogyny isn't just an element but an actual theme of the movie. It's about it's about a killer who hates women. And it really digs into that because the woman that he's chasing after in the hospital is someone who's like spoken out kind of against the Me Too culture of the 80s. Interesting. Um, so that's really interesting. And then I'm going to add Return to Horror High because that movie's awesome. Hi, do you have any questions? And now Brennan is um, off doing actual uh, important things, not just podcast things. Um, yeah, so Brennan has a very, as you can tell, eclectic taste in slashers. Um, when he is done talking to these guests here, we're going to have him tell you guys where he can find you online because he does have a blog and a couple of different places online where you can find uh, his own writing and his own podcasts, which are incredibly varied and like full of just in his his insane expansive knowledge of slashers uh brennan tell us where we can find all of your stuff online sure um the hub for pretty much everything is my twitter which is it's raining brens but um you can find my podcast that i do with my boyfriend um called scream 101 um it's on podpeople.me and you know apple Podcasts, all that stuff um also i i do produce their podcast which you should always check out but you're clearly listening to it right now um, but I've also moved on from these chumps. I'm producing <laughs> Attack yeah. of the Queer Wolf for the yes. Blumhouse Network, <laughs> uh, which is coming in late August. Fingers crossed. I don't have an exact date yet. Um, but that's an LGBT perspective on horror. It's co-hosted by Mark Fortin, who co-wrote The Final Girls. Um, Michael Kennedy, who's also a writer. And Renee Bever, who actually isn't like super in the industry. She's just a horror fan who's worked in a lot of queer outreach with like The Trevor Project and things like that. It's going to be so cool. I'm yeah. so excited. We're very excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Make sure you keep your uh, eyes and ears posted for that. We will obviously be promoting that because we love Brennan and we love all of uh, those things that he is working on. Um, and we'll find more people to interview. Yeah. What's up, Screamers? This is Ryan Larson coming live from the floor of Midsummer Scream. I'm here with B-Bass. Hello. And we're going around um, talking to some of the exhibitors, and I have with me here uh, my good friend, Danny Paz, who helps run Bat in Your Belfry and also has his own de- uh, designs under the name Rest in Paz. Um, and we're here asking everyone what the one question that we should be asking them, um, if you listen to our podcast, which is, what is your favorite slasher movie and why? Uh, Danny, what is your favorite slasher? That is a tough question, but I'd have to say it's uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, probably a lot of people's favorites. It's just so ridiculous, but not too over the top. The special effects on that movie are insane. That worm, Freddy Worm, comes out is crazy. I remember as a kid tuning into that movie on cable, and it was the marionette scene and it just blew my mind as a kid this crazy freddy krueger i already knew him but controlling some guy out of his like fucking veins was nuts so that one's always stuck with me and there's just just the right amount of cheese in that it was like the perfect balance of the freddy cheese with the horror and slasher so it's my favorite it's still my top i think it's a lot of people's favorites for sure it was yeah it's absolutely one of the best ones uh and now just you know tell us what uh bat your belfry does and what rest and paz does what what you guys are doing where we can find you yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. I'm 
at Rest in Paws and Bat in Your Belfry is at Bat in Your Belfry. We just like to make spooky art for that spooky person in your family. There's at least one in every family, and if there's not one, then you're probably that person. So spooky wares for spooky kids, essentially. A little bit of the macabre, the whimsical, um, the fun. So it's it's just a lot of fun to see people's reactions when they uh, connect with a piece of art. They see stuff you don't even see. Um, your subconscious draws out or just what just draws out of their subconscious so it's it's a lot of fun definitely check it out guys like you said you can find them online my one of my personal favorites is the freddie mercury pin as freddie krueger killer queen um so check them out and uh we'll be back with more interviews Hello, Screamers. Uh, this is Ryan. I am back on the Midsummer Scream floor live, and I have with me the geeks who eat, uh, Sarah and Matthew Stubbs, and I am here to ask them the question that we are asking everybody. What is your favorite slasher? So I'm going to uh, ask Sarah first. Sarah, what is your favorite slasher? My favorite slasher is Leatherface. I am a sucker for a man with a chainsaw, so Leatherface is definitely... My favorite, and he's food adjacent. I mean, cannibalism. Oh, so yes, that's adjacent great. to food. And the Texas Chainsaw movies all have like an underlying theme of food. So I've just always kind of identified with it. Do you have a favorite Texas Chainsaw? Oh, that's a tough one. I really loved Texas Chainsaw, the 3D one. I did, I did too, and not a lot of people seem to like that one very much. I really like it, and you know, Adam Marcus is a friend of ours, and so I actually was like a fan of his before I realized that he wrote that, and I was like, oh, wait, you wrote that? Oh, that's a good one. So I really, that one, and I do like, I like Leatherface, not to be confused with the new one, but Texas Chainsaw 3. I actually do like the new one, too. It's a really interesting movie, but I really... There's something about Texas or Leatherface 3D or 3 that's really just campy and fun. You have Viggo Mortensen in it, and so it's just it's just a fun take on Leatherface. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, weirdly enough, Texas Chainsaw, for some reason, always makes me think of uh, barbecue. So, yeah, you're right. Food food adjacent. Uh, Matthew, what is your favorite slasher? All right. I'm a Fredhead for sure. So, so yeah, Fre- Freddy Krueger is my guy. Uh, I think uh, Dream Warriors was my entree into horror. I think I watched that when I was like 11, 12. You know, I had my like, friends sleeping over and we were <laughs> watching this movie and I'd never seen anything like it. It blew my mind and I'm like, what? It's so subversive. Like, people watch this stuff? I want more. Um, do you have a favorite? Is that your favorite nightmare or do you have a different favorite? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely uh, three is my favorite, but also I think the odd ones are far stronger than the even ones. So one, three, five, se- seven. Is there a seventh? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- those those are all I think stronger than two, four, and six. I I can agree with that. Um, cool. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I would love for you guys to tell everyone where they can find your amazing work. Yeah, search for us anywhere you want to find us for Geek Suite. Uh, online, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, search Geeks Who Eat, and you'll find us there. 
yeah, make sure you follow these guys on all forms of social media. They're always coming up with amazing recipes. Lots and lots of horror-centric ones, but honestly, just pop culture adjacent. Just anything fun. Uh, they do drinks. They do food. Um, I was just informed they have some vegetarian recipes, which is super awesome. They have some really cool stuff in the works. So definitely make sure you're following them because um, there's going to be some fun stuff coming out. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys.